This is Chad Sexton from 311, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're excited because we're scratching the itch for a wish list interview. And we've talked about putting together an actual wish list of interview guests. And I think we're going to do that. I think that we need to make an episode out of that sometime, probably before the year is out. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But somebody that would be very high on mine would be 311. And so... Getting to check that box is a fantastic, fantastic experience, and I'm, I'm glad we got to sit down with their drummer, Chad Sexton. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He uh, he had probably the prettiest background scene of any <laughs> artist that we've interviewed, and the best sound, considering. Yeah, he was seemed, uh, presumably was on his phone. He was outdoors in this, this wonderful like forest somewhere in Arizona, and... We haven't had, I think, an interview that scenic since since Daisy Dead was at the campground. An yeah. RV park. Uh, the RV park. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say he was also like on the move. So I was always worried that he's going like, to be talking and just trip and fall. But he must have like, uh, I don't know, eyes in the back of his head or something because he, he didn't he didn't fall over anything. <laughs> that was a strange part of it because it wasn't like he was walking like in a straight line. It was like he was walking in like a square pattern. <laughs> so, Maybe he had like a certain portion yeah, yeah. of the thing he was allowed to kind of <laughs> to kind of pace around in. I only get signal in this space, right? That's where the cell phone. <laughs> <thing is picked. laughs> I was definitely excited to have him on the show. Like you said, it was a wish list, and we've been fans of this band and have seen them live so many times. And just to be able to talk to somebody that, for one, has been in the game for thirty plus years. And then to be with the same band that entire time is just incredible. And the same band members, I should say. Yeah. So a, a couple of notes on that. For one, I haven't done this very much in a while, and I'm not sure I might regret this one. You can go back to an episode of The Itch from three years ago, episode 16, one of the very earliest ones, when we did an episode called 30 Years of 311 as they were celebrating their 30th anniversary. I haven't listened to that one in a long time. I couldn't tell you if the audio quality or our quality is any good. But if you want more 311 content from the itch after this, that's where I'll direct you and I'll just take my chances. <laughs> hey, we published it. So it's, it's you know, we'll stand behind it. It's maybe. out there. A little bit. It's out there. Yeah. Almost everybody knows that your your earlier episodes are kind of a feeling out process and things get better from there. So and that was episode 16. So I think we actually had already hit a bit of a groove by that point. So. Also, they're going to be starting a tour mid-September through early October, and we're going to see them at the factory in Chesterfield on September 26th. Yeah, and we actually got a chance to talk to them about how they come up with their set list. And I kind of thought that they improvised the set list every night, but Chad verified that. And uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with with how they are able to do this. And just the fact that they know every single song that just because I'm curious now, like, you know, does each one of them bring a song like, hey, I want to play this one tonight. I, I really want to play the drums for this one tonight or something like that. Maybe you'll find out a little bit more about that as you listen through. Yeah. <laughs> you'll also hear a little bit about the 30th anniversary of music, their debut album. 
which, by the way, is coming out on a pretty sweet looking vinyl with some some demos that will be on vinyl for the first time. I haven't looked into the 311 vault that they released a few years back. The demos are probably on there because 311 releases like everything at some point. <laughs> Their catalog is massive. Yeah. So you can check out the 30th anniversary of music, which has some some great stuff on there. I'm sure that a few of those songs will show up in this set list. And frankly, who knows? We've that's one of the that's one of our things. Their set lists are completely unpredictable. And so we'll see what we get. Agreed. <laughs> but fortunately, when you've been around this long and been consistent, you have enough music that it's hard to go wrong. Yeah, exactly. In fact, they have so many albums from all these years. One thing that I thought was really cool that we got to discuss was we kind of got Chad kind of gave us little time capsule glimpses of different periods in the band's existence and, and kind of how he was feeling and what was going on around the recording of different eras, different albums. And um, so that was a lot of fun. And I would, if we ever get to have him back, I would love to dive even deeper into some of those. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say is we only had him for about 30 minutes and we just had way too many. Qu- we, we ended up like deleting like half of the questions that we had on the, on our document there. Cause we just didn't have enough time for it. So hopefully we'll have him back or, have another member back sooner than later. Just imagine 30 years of fandom squeezed into 30 minutes of I, being exactly. able to, <laughs> to try to answer it, it was what it was. It was rather yeah. hard. <laughs> like, wait, we have so many questions. Please. Yeah. We barely scratched the surface, to be honest, but he we, was very yeah. gracious in his answers in his time. Um, and so we certainly appreciated that. One thing I didn't get to get into, and I, I have to note it here because I think it's pretty cool. ChadSextonArt.com. He's got a series of of art pieces called Unified Dimensions that, as best I can tell, are actually based around and maybe even made in some capacity using his drums. It's some pretty sweet stuff. If you look at it, the colors remind you remind me anyway a lot of like more recent 311 albums. Kind of have that trippy, very like vibrant colors. Yeah. Um, and a lot of his art looks the same. Uh, and so it's cool stuff. I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I agree. So before Casey moves on to no further ado, I have a smidge more ado. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just a thank you to Chad for joining us and a thank you to Chad's team, who was fantastic throughout the process of making it happen. We appreciate y'all. Yes. Thank you very much. 30 years of fandom. It it was like a dream come true. So we, we do appreciate it. Indeed. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Chad Sexton of 311. We are joined by Chad Sexton from 311. Chad, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. 311 is a band we have been wanting to have on the show for for ages. Uh, you in particular, your snare sound is iconic. All Mixed Up and Down were some of the first rock songs I ever heard on the radio. So they're probably part of the reason why I love this stuff to this day. And to that extent, I think the itch probably owes you a debt of gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> and so the big news in 311's world right now is this upcoming 30th anniversary re-release of your debut album, Music, uh, which is coming out September 29th. I want to table that and come back to it in a minute here. So when we prepare for an interview, we typically try to identify the topics that an artist has probably exhausted talking about 
and then either avoid them or at least put some kind of twist on them. But in this case, what you and the guys in the band have accomplished is so impressive that we kind of feel it would be a disservice to ignore it. So we apologize if you get asked about it all the time, but we wanted to start by talking about 311's longevity. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that is a very common topic. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we uh, started out a long time ago in Omaha, uh, just getting together and um, decided, you know, we had played everywhere that we could there and did as much as we could in Omaha. Uh, wonderful town and everything. But uh, back then, that was before a lot of things, before cell phones, before, you know, Google Maps, before digital recording. And so we decided, you know, we better we better move if we want an opportunity. And so we did that in 1992. And luckily, we got signed pretty quickly after that. And um, people do ask, what is the key to the longevity? And um, sometimes I'm not sure I have an answer. I think there's a there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of luck that we have had over the years but um you know we've tried to keep it a democracy rule sort of thing and so sometimes you win some votes sometimes you lose some votes there and i think it's about how you lose the votes is what's more important and um so i don't know we're just pretty fortunate and pretty lucky to uh to be doing this as long as we have with the same members and in any career that long, there's been some ups and downs, which we've had, but, but we're happy. We keep uh, persevering and um, we keep continuing and we're on to our 14th record now. So that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to come back to that in a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No secret, but I just, uh, we're just lucky. Uh, fair enough. Anytime you meet somebody who's been like married for decades or whatever, that's the first question. What's the secret to making it last? I feel it's the exact same way in a band. You know, you're constantly reevaluating and like they say when you get married, you're not just marrying one person, but all the different versions of that person that they'll be as time goes by. And that, that has to be the same way, too. And in this case, you, you're marrying a whole bunch of people. So <laughs> we got a whole group of five guys. I don't the complexity of keeping that thriving uh, and harmonious has to be kind of an adventure at times. Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes it flows and sometimes there's uh, difficult moments, uh, as there would be with anything that happens uh, to exist for that long. But um, yeah, I wish there was one sort of secret like, oh, you know what, we, we eat bacon every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I think bacon might be the secret to a lot of things. But <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, a lot of different things and uh luckily um for the most part we've been pretty level-headed and like i said just kind of lucky over the years what drew you particularly to start making music with those guys to begin with well uh before 311 i had played music in a band with tim the guitarist and and then with tim and nick in a band called unity mm-hmm that's when we were in high school and then, you know, kind of a long story, but I uh, eventually moved out to California with Nick. Okay. And we had a band called unity out there. And, uh, but, but generally just meeting, uh, meeting the guys in high school and then sort of meeting essay in college. 
and I met Peanut through SA. And so, yeah, after after we had our first stint, me and Nick had our first stint out in California. I came back and we kind of regrouped and um, eventually have the lineup that we have. But basically knew two of the guys in high school, one of the guys in college and met Peanut through through that guy. So the story is a lot longer than that, but I'm trying to condense. Yeah, it. you're good. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It's it's crazy knowing that you've been making music together since high school and you're know, still making great music because a lot of bands, they seem to reach a point where they get complacent or kind of coast on their previous body of work. But 311 not only continues to create new music, you guys also continue to expand the brand, so to speak, like with 311 Day, The Cruise and even now a beer. So what keeps you hungry? What keeps you guys creating with such consistency after all these years? Well, uh I think honestly, one of the biggest factors for that would be our actual love for music. So there's, you know, probably a number of reasons that people get involved in the music industry. And one might be to be famous or one might be to make a lot of money, uh, whatever it might be. But, you know, music has been in all of our backgrounds as children and played a pretty big part in our childhoods. And um, like, my parents were musicians and so were some of the other guys in the band and a lot of music in our life when we were kids and just, you know, growing up back then, you know, sort of in the eighties, seventies and eighties, we were fortunate to have so much good music back then and, and music that would make the radio even, you know, and just well thought out chord theory that was genius and musicianships uh, that were just, out of this world, you know, sort of uh, making it on the radio. But yeah, I think it's just that we are just love music so much and we want to see, you know, what we can do next. You know, some of the albums uh, obviously differ from one another. And that's just because we're coming from a, I guess, sort of a naturalist or even a musician sort of point of view of just writing with what we're going through or what we're feeling or what we want to accomplish at that moment. And that's why there's differences between the records. And, but I, I think that, yeah, it just, uh, we just want to keep going and see what's next because of our love of music, basically. Awesome. So going back to music, we're big fans of, you know, the entire catalog. Actually, we wanted to get a word association with you. We're going to go throughout some of the albums and 311's catalog. So, what do you think of when someone mentions music? What were the first thoughts that come to mind about the music itself, the creation of the album, or just the period of your life? Well, that was a very exciting time. Uh, it was our first record, and we were working with a producer, Eddie Offord, who had done uh, Yes Records earlier in his career. And I, I had listened to Yes a lot, so I was really excited to work with him. And yeah, that that summer in basically 1992 was just so exciting for me. I mean, we were just putting the record together and going to the studio every day and being really creative. And there was like a, a taco stand across the street. I was pretty much eating there every single day just for, you know, well, because I was very young and because uh, of simplicity. <laughs> but um but yeah so it was just great we were just getting in there and that had been our goal for for years you know and 
and it seemed like for years you would have hope about like, hey, uh, this management company is interested or we're going to get signed next week. And every one of those things fell through. Oh, so no. for that to actually, you know, to sign the record deal, to get Eddie on board and help us get that record deal. And then to be working with him all summer in 92 was just like a dream come true for, for me and very exciting period time of our life. And and to this day, that's probably one of the favorite, one of our favorite records of mine, you hmm. know, that that, we, that we've made as a band, one, one of my favorites. So, but yeah, it's just a really enjoyable, really exciting time for me. Nice. So you heard it here first. Not only is it an important album because it's the, the launching pad, but it's, you know, about tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very important. Everything's better with tacos. <laughs> oh, that, that is that is a truth. <laughs> You know, I, I think it's it's funny because I'm sure all of us have different three, you know, three eleven favorite albums, and I'm pretty sure all three of us have exact like different, like completely different albums from one another. But what what other what's another album you consider as one of your favorites? Well, um, I, I would I would say like, um, you know, the Blue Record that was the first time we worked with Ron Saint Germain. Again, we were all bit, uh, Bad Brains fans. And he had worked with Bad Brains, so that that was just a great period of time as well, working with him and getting that album made and having the success off that record. And and Transistor was a different animal than the Blue Record, and and I love that one too. So I, I might say it, it's hard. They're they're <laughs> like children, right? <laughs> hard to pick a favorite, but. I would say, you know, music, blue record, transistor, and maybe this might be a surprise, but our last one, Voyager. And I think just simply because I was really happy with, uh, I like the whole record, but I'm really happy with my drumming on that record and the, the, the parts that were written for that record. So, I mean, not, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in their sound system and from chaos are great ones too, but, um, I guess those would be like sort of the peaks for me. It, again, it's hard. To, it's hard to pick. I might yeah. pick something different <laughs> next year or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, this is better. I was we were gonna yeah we were gonna kind of do a word association and just throw a handful of our favorites out there. But I kind of like hearing directly more from you the ones yeah. that come to mind. That's cool. <laughs> we do want to bring up one though. I'm curious about. In my opinion, Evolver felt. I mean, the title is very appropriate. It felt like sort of a shift like a sonic shift and obviously i think that was right around was that right around the turn of uh the turn of a decade that's always a thing yeah yeah what is your what's your your recollection on that particular album as far as your experience and and what it would come to be well yeah that was uh one of the records that we did at our studio the hive again we did it with ron saint germain which we did from chaos with him as well. The one before that. Mm -hmm. So from, from chaos is 2001 evolver is 2003. Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course I, I always like working with Ron and um, it was a good experience, but yeah, there was, there was a bit, you know, of a, of a shift or a change there. I really can't put my finger on why or, or how, but sometimes that's, that's what happens with art. When mm -hmm. you're just, you don't have like such an agenda, like 
hey, we're going to make this album about uh, chilling in the islands, you know, and then <laughs> so everything can be really, you know, melodic and steel drums and, you know, bossa novas and stuff like that. But yeah, when you don't have an agenda, it's kind of just coming, I guess, from the heart. And sometimes that can be, I guess, what you would call inconsistent with your work before. Yeah. Uh, if you if you would use that word. But but yeah, I really can't put my finger on why. You know, we just like sometimes just uh like we don't we don't have agendas. We just do our best and see what's coming out of us at that point. And um yeah, and like I said, and we use the same producer as we did the album before. So it's uh <laughs> yeah. I, I can't put my finger on it, but I agree there it is kind of a kind of a shift in that in that record yeah returning to the present really quickly peanut recently said that 311 has seven songs recorded for the new album can you give us any insight as to the direction of the new album um yeah i mean you know there's uh there's definitely a lot of variety on the record just like there are with other records um there's some fast rockers that are really banging there's some more mellow things that people might associate with something like maybe like Amber or something like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a wide variety and it's going really, really well. We're really happy with what we're getting. So there, there's a bit of, you know, it definitely, it definitely sounds like a 311 record. So <laughs> just, you know, kind of, uh, kind of different than uh, I would say Voyager and Mosaic, the last two. Because those seem to kind of uh, grouped together in a way, hmm. artistically, yeah, uh, and sonically, possibly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this one, this one sounds a little bit different, but it still sounds like us. And there's, um, you know, like I said, a lot of variety on there, a lot of, a lot of hard rock and stuff, but some more mellow stuff as well. Nice. Are you planning on debuting any of that on the upcoming tour that's that you guys are doing? No, okay. no, we won't be doing any songs. We're we're actually not so well rehearsed uh, for the record. Really, <laughs> it's, Fair it's, enough. it's the the quickest one that we've pretty much ever put together ever. <laughs> you know, we wanted to do right by our management, and they wanted music by next year. So we're like, okay, we gotta just <laughs> get on with this, and. and um, so, but I love how it's turning out. Uh, I was just there. I just recorded. I recorded all my tracks. So that's probably 10 tracks, I think. And then I recorded uh, Tim and Peanut on the songs that I wrote. And then now I'm here at my house putting all that stuff together on my songs. And then they're still tracking at the Hive right now. And so, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still chugging along and then we'll have to do our tour and take a break, but we'll get back on it after the, after the tour. Nice. Gotcha. We've been wanting to ask this for a long time because another thing that impresses us is you guys seem to have like your entire music catalog committed to memory at all times. Every show features plenty of deep cuts mixed in with the hits. So how does the band determine the set list when starting a tour? Well, you know, we make the set list every, every day. So it's, so we'll have sound check in, in midday. After we do sound check, then we'll have a set list meeting and we'll make the set list. And it just comes together with, uh, you know, after 30 years, there's a lot of different fans out there. 
So there's the fans that have followed you forever that know everything that you've done. There's sort of newer fans that, that of all ages too. So some could be, uh, you know, I've seen 16 year olds, 18 year olds, whatever. So they could be real young and know the newer stuff and maybe not every deep cut. And then there's just the, the people that kind of remember you from the nineties. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of want to put a little bit of everything on there. And so, you know, we do the stuff that was on the radio, you know, which would be like down or all mixed up, like you were saying. And, and we kind of just build it from there. You know, we want to have our, our radio songs and then kind of base um, certain level of deep cuts from there, certain level of newer cuts from there. And uh, we just, you know, we just kind of throw it together and then that, that's what we play. Fair enough. Nice. <laughs> All right. I, we we got to be mindful of our time. So we're, we have a series that we usually do at the end of an interview. We call it burning questions. I think we're just going to do a couple of them. Okay. Right now. Yeah. No problem. We got to do kind of the two biggest ones that we always ask. And the first one of those is what is a song or an album that changed your life? Wow. Again, that's so difficult. <laughs> um, just one. You don't have to find like the definitive yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Just top of mind. <laughs> well, boy, that's hard. That's hard. I mean, when I was young, my mom had a hippie friend. She stayed with us for a while, but then she bailed and she left all of her vinyls. Ooh. So I was like going through these vinyls and I, I would just have to say probably Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy. There you go. But it's it's hard to just say one because I was a huge Kiss fan growing up and Aerosmith rocks in 1976. That is just a killer record. But yeah, some of those things, because Kiss, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, they were all doing riffs, mm -hmm. you know, where, where the bass and the guitar kind of play in unison. And so, yeah, that and that's pretty much a style that 311 has continued with. Uh, where we do riffs where, you know, bass and guitar, you know, are playing in unison. So, yeah, I guess back then, going all the way back then, that would probably be one of the records. Right on. One final burning question here. Uh, what do you love about performing live? Well, I, uh, I love the challenge of trying to kind of execute the parts in, a, in sort of a high level. And uh, some people might think, well, you know, that should be pretty easy for you because, you know, you have <laughs> muscle memory. Everyone always says muscle memory. And yep. I, I just always want to tell people that, well, if you've watched a sports team at the very beginning of the year and then you watch them in the NBA finals or the Super Bowl, that is a completely different team. And that's <laughs> what happens to the band on the road. When we get out there, we're making contact with the ball. But by the end of tour, we are warmed up and sauteed and, <laughs> you know, and just uh, executing way, way better than we were in the beginning. So, but every venue has its different challenges, you know, so some might change the sound in a way where it freaks you out and you start like slowing down. So we've been doing it so long that we kind of know how to adjust for all of those all of those circumstances that we we come across and so that's kind of the challenge you know no matter what venue we're playing 
I like to just execute the parts at a high level. And, you know, some nights are challenging, more challenging than the others. And, um, but that's, that's what I love as a musician, you know, and I, and I love getting the energy from the crowd because if it's low energy out there, we're low energy, you know, yeah. especially at this age. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, we need that energy to really, you know, take it up a notch, but, um, but yeah, the energy exchange and, and executing the music for me. That's Thank awesome. You. Well, we, we hope that uh, St. Louis will be bringing the energy to you guys when we see you at the factory in St. Louis on my birthday, which is September 26th with AWOL Nation awesome. and Blame My Youth. So definitely looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah, me too. The factory. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It, it is a gorgeous venue. I, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, Chad, thank you so much for your time. Yes. It is, it is a pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. So thank you very much for listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, life's a bowl of punch. Go ahead and spike it. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. (laughs) If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Not to rush you guys, and I do apologize. I wanted to mention your art. Oh, it's okay. But we're just like in 30 minutes. I got to Yeah. I'm going to mention it in our little intro because I think it's really cool stuff. Awesome. But we can't cover every topic we want to. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it goes by quick, doesn't it? It, yeah. it, it does. does. It does. Yeah. <laughs>